Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get get, get, get. for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning. Capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. All right, should be a lovely program. I want to—I don't want to go too deep into the, this go for two discussion with the commanders, but it was a big topic yesterday. I kept getting asked about it throughout the day. I was on Craig Hoffman's show up in D.C. Um, yeah, it was the main topic of discussion there. And look, I would have gone for two. Um, it's, it's hard to be mad about kicking the extra point when we're Terry McLaurin stepping on a dude's arm away from not discussing it at all. Because it just would have been a victory Monday. But uh, Peyton Manning, whose opinion I do respect, was on the Pat McAfee program yesterday. Uh, and uh, here is what here is what uh, Peyton Manning had to say about going for two. Well, look, I mean, Ron Rivera has proven his track record of being an aggressive guy right throughout his whole career. So w- when he says that, I think you got to believe that he felt the pulse of the team that they were gassed and you know might 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 not be able to execute that play. I mean, to me, that was always something that we tried to kind of have the conversation before we went onto the field, right? You know, talking to Tony Dungy, you know, you know, uh, he would tell me, "Hey, let's go down and score, and we're going for two, right?" So you knew that, so you might, you know, you know, save that two point play. Hopefully that you didn't use to score the touchdown, right? So the coordinator knew you were all on the same page, right? So, uh, but look, I mean, Ron knows how his his team is feeling. Uh, it's easy after the fact when when Philly scores to to or kicks the field goal to win it to say they should have gone for two. Yeah, certainly, I think for Sam, he's probably not quite ready to have that conversation to tell the head coach, "Hey, coach, <laughs> take your extra point team and, and stick it. I'm going for two, right? You know." Aaron Rodgers, you know, does do that probably. Tom Brady and the guys that have played a long time. So I'm a Sam Howell fan. I like the way he's playing. I think he'll earn that trust eventually. So, but look, Ron's on the sideline. The enemy's on the sideline. They know the pulse. That was the right call for them at the time. You know, it didn't work out. But, uh, you know, it's hard to second guess, I think, in that situation. Actually, it's easy to second guess. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with Ron on that one. 
There you go. A few things I'll, I'll break down for that clip. One, it is incredible to me that Ron Rivera has somehow, with no pushback whatsoever, developed a national reputation as the riverboat. And nobody even questions it. Nobody like, I wonder if he actually is a riverboat. Wonder if it, he went for it like once in Carolina on national TV. All of a sudden, he's the riverboat. Like, he, not, he doesn't riverboat at a very high rate. Um, we've, we've got a pretty big sample size here. We've watched three years of Ron Rivera coaching football. Dude's not a riverboat, but he just it is fully taken for granted. Any any discussion in the national media, any any discussion, you know, if he goes for it on a four down, oh, there's Riverboat Ron. He's he's Riverboat. Even if it's just like the most obvious thing that, that I don't know, he's got great marketing people. It is a great tagline, and people have just latched onto it. But number two is this notion, uh, and I I did not bring this up yesterday, but I love how Peyton put this. It, it seemed like. The call was, at least the way Ron described it, the call was made in the moment. That Ron was kind of, it was a gut feeling, right? That the teams winded. Um, and that's not how the best teams operate. The best teams have a plan uh, and they go into it. And again, I'm not going to go deep on, oh my gosh, it was a terrible decision. It, was, it wasn't. It almost paid off. Um, you may have used your great two-point play earlier. That may have been the Curtis Samuel touchdown run earlier, which was exceptional. I still think... Brian Robinson running into the line, see what happens. Um, you, teams gassed, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a two-point conversion to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. I think everybody can figure that one out for, for 12 seconds. I'm not I'm not wild about that logic. Uh, but, still, it, you know, it's one of those things that cracked into the national discussion, and it's, it's going to be a topic, Ron Rivera's coaching and Ron Rivera's decisions, for the the foreseeable future because there's a new ownership group because that ownership group is so invested in analytics invested in you know making sure they give their players every edge they can give them and now we'll go back to perception right we got the riverboat perception i think there's also a perception that ron doesn't play that game that ron isn't a modern coach that that, that he's more of an old school coach and i think that's a reputation that that's also that's stereotypically unfair, we'll say. Uh, but it's it's going to continue to be a thing when Ron Rivera has these decision points. And the other question I, I want answered at some point is what Eric Bieniemy's role in all this is. Because um, obviously he's on a year-long audition too, and he's been given a lot of latitude by Ron to run the team. So you would, you would think he had a hand uh, in this as well. Now, commanders weren't the only team dealing with fourth down situations. Their opponent this week, and we're on, we're on the short week here. We, we turn quickly. Uh, their opponent this week, the Chicago Bears, also had a fourth down. And uh, there's uh, their, their goal line decision, their, their fourth down decision did, did not go well. 11th play of the drive. Fields is in the gun momentarily. Don't jump off here. They snap it. They run it straight ahead. And he is stopped. Short. And the Broncos defense holds. And uh, here's Justin Fields, uh, the the Bears quarterback. Uh, here is uh, his thought after the game on that decision to go for it. I love the decision. Um, it shows, you know, coach has trust in us to convert on that in in that situation. It's uh, it, it's these things aren't a hundred to zero, right? These aren't black and white issues. These are these are shades of gray issues. If the Bears get the first down. They win the game, and they, and they walk it off against Denver. They don't get it. Russell Wilson goes the other way. If you kick the field goal, which is what I would have done, I would have done that situationally, right? If I'm playing against Sam Howell, I probably don't kick the field goal there. I probably go for it. If I'm playing against, uh, you know, 
an Aaron Rodgers or a Pat Mahomes, I, I don't kick the field goal there because you know they can probably score a touchdown. You're playing against a really shaky Denver Broncos team that's 0-3 and is feeling the heat. Anytime you can apply pressure as a football team, as a football coach, I think you stick with that. Um, you, you take the opportunity, but it's not a bad decision. Falcons did it a couple weeks ago to finish off the Packers. It worked for them. Um, but but the Bears now come in 0-4, and, uh, and that'll be a big storyline this week. And look, it's only Tuesday morning. It's only 10 8 We're only eight minutes in. I just got to confess, though, because we're all looking ahead. It's it's Thursday night game. It's two days away. We got plenty of time to break this down. I got to confess, though, my early read, my early lean here, I'm scared. I'm I'm worried about Thursday night. I'm I'm worried because I going back and watching that Bears game, man, Justin Fields. He looked like he was picking some things up. He looked like he was rolling. I'm scared because the track record of Washington Commanders versus mobile quarterbacks is uh, is not great. Uh, and the track record in these Thursday night games is a little chaotic. Uh, you know, it's it's not, not a given that the best team is just going to hold serve on Thursday night. I'm a little scared because... Offense and the defense both ran more than 70 plays on Sunday on the road in a tough physical game against Philadelphia. These are things that worry me. Now, let's hear the other side. Vegas isn't worried at all. Uh, Line opened at 5.5. Commanders were favored by 5.5. It's now up to 7 at some places. Uh, Clearly, a lot of people think the Commanders will will have this going away. Perhaps this is the guy who's watched this team for more than a decade in me. Right. And and we talk about this, the Denver Hail Mary, right? You know, when when, they, when Russell Wilson hits the Hail Mary and you're like, man, of course that would happen this. It, but but it didn't. It didn't. They, they stopped the two point conversion. It's a new era. It's a new day. I'm still training myself on that. We're still training ourselves on that as fans. Right. We had that discussion at two and oh, this fan base didn't know what to do being two and oh, I don't know. I didn't know what to do with the two and oh team. We're we're all t- retraining ourselves that it's not. Worst case scenario, at all times. Uh, but I'm I'm really nervous uh, going going into Thursday night, and uh, uh, you know I I'm I'm curious how this plays out, and and whether the Bears still have a a little bit of fight in them. I I wish the Bears had won on Sunday. Uh, I think that would have been best for everybody, best for for sitting up and paying attention to what was going on, best for the Bears to not have that zero hanging around and and feeling the the desperation. In the Thursday night game, it wasn't it wasn't the right result there. The the Bears losing it just just confirms all these things everybody's thinking that I'm a little bit worried about. Uh, one guy I'm not worried about uh, Emmanuel Forbes. I'm not worried about Emmanuel Forbes. I I don't love the number of snaps he was given. He goes from being a, a half the game guy, fifty percent of the game guy at the first three weeks to they play him basically a hundred percent of the game. I think it was eighty nine percent was the final tally against. A.J. Brown against one of the league's best receivers. You see it's not working. You see he's rattled. Um, I don't worry about him long-term, though. Uh, everybody goes through one of these games. Uh, Darrell, you know, it, it, every every single player, Darrell Rivas went through one of these games early in his career. You know, Daryl Green. Um, these guys go through these games early in their career. Um, A.J. Brown's also really, really good. I mean, that's just another example of Philly knowing exactly what to do, pushing exactly the right button. They they have a Super Bowl team. 
They tear it to the ground, rebuild it in two years, and now they're loaded again with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. It's not fair. Uh, I mean, it's really not fair at all. Uh, but it, th- that is that is a guy who's going to bounce back. And I, I think also part of how we perceive his day, right, he allowed some big plays, and Emmanuel Forbes is going to allow some big plays because his game is turnovers. His game is takeaways. And he's going to get those. He, can, he had a diving shot at one on Sunday. He was close to it, probably, probably didn't have a legitimate shot at it. If he gets a takeaway, if he flips the field position, we perceive that day differently. We perceive his game differently. And I believe he's going to get those. I think he's going to be there. Um, Terry McLaurin on the offensive side looked fantastic. Um, loved, loved rewatching his game. Ten targets. It's, it's everything you want from Terry McLaurin. He's the man. He needs to be, uh, needs to be fed like he's the man. And they took care of that. Uh, I don't know if you heard the junkies yesterday. The junkies suggested that, that Sam Howell uh, may have been playing for his career, it, that if he had stunk against the Eagles, um, they were moving on to Jacoby Brissett. I'll break that down real quick because I, I semi-agree with that. A lot of people, a lot of people uh, disagreed with that. No, no, Sam, Sam Howell's a man. He's getting the whole season. That is definitely not how it works in the NFL. You definitely don't get a whole season in the NFL. But if, if he had struggled against the Eagles and shown the same issues that he had shown against the Bills, if he had had the Daniel Jones 11 sack day uh, there uh, on Sunday in Philadelphia, I think he would have been on Thursday. I think Thursday would have been the referendum on, uh, on Sam Howell and, uh, and, and what, he, what he brings to the table and, and whether you can go with him. There's also, I'll go back to Ron Rivera. We started the segment with Ron Rivera, who's in a very intriguing year. Let's finish with Ron Rivera. It doesn't do him any good to have a 6-11 and season where Sam Howell shows growth, right? That, that's really good for the franchise. I think a lot of people would take that, honestly. If you could say, hey, 6-11, and that's the record, but at, at the end of the year, Sam Howell is playing his best football, hitting his stride, has worked through all this. I would sign up for that right now on the spot. I don't, I don't need the 9, I don't need the 10. I need Sam Howell, and I need him here for a decade being a really good quarterback. And I, I, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that that could happen. But that doesn't do anything for Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's got to make his statement this year to new ownership. So I don't think it's off mark to, to suggest he might have he steered the ship uh, a little differently uh, if he sensed the season was on, on, on the ropes or on the rocks or... Uh, or whatever that is. Uh, but it's not something we have to worry about. Instead, we move towards Chicago. Um, I don't know. I hate to, hate to spook you with the bad vibes early. I got, I got bad vibes on this one. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, it's, I hope it's another new era example that these guys uh, take care of business in a game they should take care of business in. Should be a great crowd out at FedEx. Uh, can't imagine the Bears fans are going to travel well with this team on a Thursday night. Should be a fantastic Commanders crowd out there. <laughs> In the 11 o'clock hour here, and we welcome in from the Washington Post, my guy, Sam Fortier. Sam, what is up? What's up, Michael Phillips? It is great to be on the radio with you, my guy. It's great to be on the radio. It's great to just be doing things, you know? It's uh, it's tons of fun. Here's the thing, though. I'm not a print journalist anymore, Sam, so I can, I can ask you leading questions. I, I, I'm... I, I could do whatever I want on the radio, it turns out. So, so first question here. I, I know the players said... The, the right things that they, they don't believe in moral victories. It wasn't a moral victory, but for Sam Howe on the offense, kind of a moral victory. Yeah. 
See? See, I'm a radio guy now. I got it. Yeah, I love it. You're you're doing great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can like we can create other names for it. That's like you know. Um, allusions to moral victory but doesn't actually say moral victory there you go and i think that that would be fair because i mean look like getting the ball with two minutes or less down a score like that had only happened under ron rivera six times before and the only two times they had actually scored and won the game were taylor heineke in 2021 uh, against new york on thursday night and then in atlanta and both of those drives i think had a little bit of um what, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Michael? Like, it, it was a little bit, uh, you know, so I think he got a little bit of help. And obviously they got some help on Sunday, too, with the with the taunting penalty by A.J. Brown starting the drive at the 36 instead of the 25. But, I mean, any time that you have a quarterback that, that looks calm, can handle pressure like that, can drive an offense down the field when, when you've got to have it, like, that, that's impressive. And you've got to come away with that thinking, like, hey, we didn't win the game, but we learned a lot about our quarterback in a really tough situation, and I guess that all comes back to, well, there is a moral victory here. Yeah, you know, and, and I think, to me, there, there's the, the small picture, right? There's the season, and obviously Ron Rivera would like to make the playoffs and do those things, but then there's the big picture of, is Sam Howell the guy, right? That That's not a discussion that revolves around, will he make the playoffs this year? That's, will he be here for four years, five years, a decade, all those things, and I don't know. I, I, I felt encouraged by what I saw. You, you've been up close with Sam Howell now, you know, through training camp, through all this. Um, I, I think from the outside, there's the perception this kid's really unflappable. Um, I guess, you know, he, just, he bounces back when he needs to bounce back. Uh, wh- what have you seen from him and, and maybe how he's developed that? Yeah, so there's two components to this question, I feel like. And the first one is, is he unflappable? Is he resilient? Yes, I think absolutely he is. You saw his last year at North Carolina when all those guys left for the NFL and he had to run the ball more and he held the ball and he was trying to be a playmaker. You know, I was talking to his dad and his dad said he wants to win every down. He, he, you know, that's why he takes the big hits. That's why, you know, he takes the sacks because he is looking to make a play. And he has had to learn, hey, I have to be smart. I have to protect myself. You know, I can't always take sacks. And that's the other part of this is he's had to be resilient because of some of those traits, because he is a guy who takes a lot of sacks. He always has. Like the, the average for college football in the NFL every year is a sack rate of roughly 6%. Sam has never been lower than 8.1, even back to that year, you know, uh, in North Carolina where people thought he was going to be the number one pick. Like he's always held the ball, tried to make plays. And so you can succeed with that. It's, it's difficult. It reduces your margin for error. But, like, an example that someone pointed out to me is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson always took a lot of sacks, but he made up for it because he could scramble, because he could throw a great deep ball, he could create explosive plays. And so, yes, Sam Howell is resilient, and I think that's developed partly because he has to be. His play style demands it. He's, uh, he's Sam Fortier. He's uh, with the Washington Post. He's uh, dropping some commander's knowledge on us. I love the Russell Wilson analogy because it leads into, I, I want to talk about Emmanuel Forbes, too, who, you know, no need to sugarcoat it. You know, got, got beat and got beat repeatedly by, by A.J. Brown, who's a good receiver. Um, but I, I feel like with Forbes, he's out there so much because of that chance, right, to, to hit the home run, to make the game-changing play. What did, what did you see of his confidence after the game, of, of, of Ron's confidence in him talking yesterday, and how they view him going forward after this game? Emmanuel Forbes, like you said, is out there because he 
can be a home run hitter. Last year, obviously, Washington struggled to take the ball away. They had nine interceptions all year, which was one of the lowest rates in the league. Emmanuel comes in with the 14 picks and the six pick six. It's like turnovers are a huge deal in the NFL and, and games that it looks like it's going to be another banner year for the league in terms of parity margin of, of scoring difference, I think is down to 9.1, the lowest it's been since 1932. So, so you need turnovers, you need guys that can make plays and that's why he's out there. And obviously right now he, he's going through a pretty difficult time. I mean, AJ Brown torched him. I think he allowed the four biggest, play. he was in coverage for the four biggest plays yep. of Sunday's game. I don't think, you know, like, I have a tough time with the guys who, who point out, hey, you know, he struggled against Buffalo as well because one of those completions, the 30-yarder to Stephon Diggs, was like after Josh Allen rolled out of the pocket and made like what for most quarterbacks is an impossible throw. So, But anyway, my colleague Nikki Javala actually wrote about this today. Emmanuel Forbes has been targeted 25 times this year in man coverage. He's allowed 18 catches for a league-high 356 yards. This is not to say Emmanuel Forbes is a bust or he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a bad first-round pick, but because I do think he has the traits to be that guy. And you saw in Denver when he made that pick, like he, he ran the route for the receiver and the receiver ran the wrong route, but he knew what was coming and betting on. But obviously it's been, uh, it's been a rocky, you know, first four games of, of his rookie year so far. It's, uh, you know, it's up and down, but but he's learning and he's getting the snaps as he learns too. And uh, you know, that's I think that's what fans want as they watch Sam Howell develop, as they watch Emmanuel Forbes develop. They want to see these young guys develop, have some promise for the future. Okay, so I did radio shtick earlier. There's one radio shtick I will not do, Sam. Though I will not declare Thursday night a must-win game for a, for a <laughs> two and two football team that's already beaten the Denver Broncos. Having said that, boy, these Bears stink. Um, what's what's the What's your read on on the importance of this one? Heading into a stretch of a lot of road games, um, you're going to have what probably is a pretty favorable home crowd. Um, I can't imagine the Bears fans are going to come out uh, in big numbers for this product. Um, Sam Howell looked a little better last week. Where do you gauge the importance level of this one this week? Well, you're a better man than I because on Twitter earlier this week, I said that with all the chaos surrounding the Bears organization, including <laughs> the defense coordinator resigning and yes. talking about his coaches and Chase Claypool being benched and the Bears not knowing exactly like what to say about that because the coach says one thing, Team PR <laughs> says another. I, I called it a must win. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I'll say this, though. Isn't it refreshing to have other teams get investigated? Uh, you know, government raids of, of other teams. That, that's just a nice breath of fresh air. It's it's pretty amazing because uh, we were all sitting in the media room like the day that that came out that uh, the defensive coordinator was resigning after the FBI raided his house. He was like, hey, wait a minute. That's not us. That's great. Um, it is, it's, it's amazing. But, yeah, I mean, I really do think that this team has played about like they've played up to the standard or down to the standard, you could argue, of every team they've played this year except for Buffalo. So the, the three games, you know, from Arizona to Philly, like they've, they've matched up well. And, and the question for me kind of goes back to when we were in Houston last year when the, the Texans stank and the, the commanders really never pulled away. I think it was 23 to 10. Um, and so for me, the question is, is, can you show that you are clearly better than this chaotic organization that is now where you were for so long. Can you show, hey, we've grown not only on the field, uh, not only off the field, but like we can put distance between, we can bury a team and we can, you know, control the game from start to finish. I think that would be a real sign of progress for this team. And if they don't do that, even if they win, I would still find that to be a concern. 
it, it's also funny to me, like, if if they do that, if they handle their business against the Bears, I think, you know, on, on the broadcast, it, it we'll chalk it up to, like, man, you know, new ownership really has this going. It's funny to me, like, that really doesn't actually have anything to do with no, new ownership, but you just feel that breath of fresh air in everything, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like like you said, like this team, Josh Harris got installed, what, like, you know, a week or two weeks before the start of training camp, so it, it really has no bearing on anything that they have done and they really haven't made other than the stadium substantive changes yet but yeah like it would be great for the vibe <laughs> it would be fantastic all right well thank you for spending some time with us i'm gonna have you back on this off season because we got to talk stadium because you you know that's that that's my thing hey you and me both i love talking about the stadium and i'm sure that uh there'll be plenty of developments for us to dissect as we keep going the time will come sam fortier the washington post online at sam the number four tr thanks to him for joining us we're going to step aside for a second last night um my mind was changed on the tush push, the Eagles play where they where they push Jalen Hurts forward. My mind has not even changed a little bit that, that penalties were committed in overtime uh, on Sunday. My mind's not changed on that. But my mind was changed in terms of the legality of the play. Because I've now watched multiple teams try to replicate this play unsuccessfully. And I'm maybe coming around that like that Tom Brady QB sneak that was unstoppable for so many years. Eagles might just be good at it. But uh, if you weren't catching the alternate broadcast with uh, Peyton and Eli, you missed some world-class analysis and commentary on the play. Hey, that, hey, that, left, that guard's got to get his hand more on the butt. He's got to get it up in there a little more. He's not pushing hard enough. He didn't get a push. Yeah, Pre-snap, he's got to have his hand on the butt and then yeah. go. Right? He you, waited. Is he? He's got he's no space. He's not. There's no chance that's going to work. you got to push the right butt cheek specifically. Yes, each of them got a butt cheek. They got a good, yeah, that is disappointing. Yeah, I think each, I mean, there's three There's three guys back there. One takes each cheek and one goes right down the middle. There's room in there. Improper divvying of the cheeks. That'll, that'll, that'll set that play back. I'm taking note, MP. It's it's crucial which cheek you're, you're yeah. You have to push the cheek you're assigned. Yeah. This is a team sport. It's a team sport. You can't freelance which cheek you're pushing. We there, don't have time for that. There is no eye and butt cheek, Michael. We're trying to win here. <laughs> trying to win football games here. Can't be having guys going out and pushing whatever cheek they want to push. Unbelievable. I'll, Peyton gets so disgusted with bad bad play. It just it makes me happy. It, it, I enjoy watching. Like he's you you tell he's such a perfectionist about like it, it, it bothers him when when he sees anything executed some somewhere less than than full go and. Boy, did he have some material last night. Uh, that Daniel Jones contract, by the way, he's he's their quarterback next year. Um, there's really no option there. Um, if the Giants want to draft somebody and have Daniel Jones be the backup, he's just a really expensive backup next year. That's, that's one road they could go down. Um, but boy, that looks worse and worse. I thought it looked bad at the time. You know, I, I thought they made so much last year out of nothing. You know, Brian Dable, uh, who I, I didn't know a lot about when he when he was named the Giants coach, I was really impressed by the job he did last year. He made some chicken salad last year out of that team and, and took them to the playoffs. Um, Saquon being back was a big part of that, undoubtedly. Um, but but also, you know, he, he got that team moving the right direction really quickly with some nice wins. His penalty for that was somehow people thought Daniel Jones was a part of that. 
uh, and now he's stuck with Daniel Jones. And it, this is this is a Russell Wilson style thing, right? They can't move him. He's immovable next year. Russell Wilson in Denver. Sean Payton can can pout and give out wristbands and simplify the language all he wants and you know march around like he's a sheriff. It doesn't matter. Russell Wilson's quarterback next year in Denver. Daniel Jones is quarterback next year in New York. Um, I I do think as, as we see the impact not having Saquon has has left on the team, uh, I think we may have a little you know, a slight correction in the running back market because they were criticized for how high they took him in the draft and and the contract and all that. You see, he he is a difference maker on that team. He he made that team go um, and, and freed up Daniel Jones to to be an average quarterback, uh, something he wasn't able to do last night. Eleven sacks that puts uh, puts Sam Howell's nine to shame. And uh, I mean. As we dump on Daniel Jones, though, I'd like to spend a second, though, revisiting one of my favorite topics, Zach Wilson, because I am unclear why everybody has suddenly decided Zach Wilson is good at football. Um, Joe Namath took his comments back yesterday formally. Chris Collinsworth, man, just could not wait to praise Zach Wilson every 10 seconds on the broadcast last night. Like, everybody's just wants the, the like, redemption story arc so bad. They're missing that it's not there. And I don't think it's going to be there with uh, with Nathaniel Hackett either. I, I I think that's a that's a team that that needs to figure out if they if they want to trade and get in it or, or trade some defensive players and get out of it. Because I I didn't see I saw some great drives from Zach Wilson, but you know what? He had some of those last year too. That's not a long term sustainable situation. Uh, ESPN says only two teams haven't run an offensive play uh, with a lead this season: the Giants. And the Jets. But that's great for Washington. Um, you get the Jets on Christmas Eve. Uh, assuming Aaron Rodgers and his dolphin noises haven't rehabbed by then. Uh, that That's looking better and better. A team that's probably going to be out of it. Um, look, if, if Ron Rivera wants to prove something to me, I would love for him to go beat the Giants twice this year. That's just been, that has been a, a big issue in, in recent years. Uh, is beating the Giants. This, this would be the year to do it, to, to make a statement. I have a very important question for you guys. Uh, I went to the Richmond Kickers game on Saturday. Had a lovely time. It was craft beer night. They, they, it wasn't. That didn't mean free craft beer. Oh. That, meant you could, you, that meant you could go buy a craft beer. Oh. Um, I know, I know. But it, it was lovely. It was a lovely evening. Uh, I took the kids. The kids had a blast. There were 6,000 people there. It was a sellout crowd. Everything was lovely. I, I want to put this delicately. The team stunk. <laughs> it was... Very delicate. It, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> you were a nice way to put it. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't make it... There, there was very little attempt at scoring. They allowed a goal. They lost mm-hmm. um, one nothing. I mean, in soccer, that's yeah, might as well have been yeah thirty seven to three. Um, yeah. But the question is, does it matter? Like, does it matter if the kickers and the squirrels are good, or do you just go to have fun, to hang out? I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I go for fun. Yeah. And everyone I know goes for fun. I think, I think that's the majority opinion, right? Yeah. Like, do, do you? Care if they win or lose when you go out to a game? Nope. I just like the atmosphere. And it's Richmond. At the end of the day, we don't have a whole lot of sport, professional sports teams. So I think as long as they keep people happy and satisfied and maybe offer some free beer here and there, then we're good to go. Like We'll keep the, we'll keep the stadiums running. Right. The Holy Trinity, uh, peanuts, cracker jacks, and beer. 
<laughs> mm. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you go go have a lovely evening, have your snacks, have your drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darrell, does the team need to be any good for you? Uh, I mean, I think, I think for me, I would want to personally see them at least doing somewhat well. Uh, but I know for most families, it, it's just a, a good time just to go out there, you know, get out of the house, spend some time with the family, mm-hmm. you know, maybe overspend on some things you normally wouldn't overspend <laughs> on. Uh, but I think that's that I, I think that's a vibe between, you know, those two teams, you know, maybe like maybe a VCU where it's a little bit sure. more intense. Mm-hmm. Richmond, which, you know, when that, you know, when it starts to get maybe on mm-hmm. those levels, it's a little bit more like, no, I want to see him win, especially VCU. I think VCU oh, is one VCU of those basketball. Yeah. It's like you got to see a win. You yeah. know, you don't have a football team. You're it. Okay, and like you're the you're the you're the you're the stalwart at VCU when it comes to athletics. So guess what? I want to see they want to see them win. I want to see them win. Uh, so for me, VCU would probably be one of those. I'm like, yeah, Richmond, yeah. But those, for sure, I would say, yeah. Fun light sports to go see. Yeah. And I also think at the end of the day, it's just the culture, like the culture that they've built for their brands. Like you know, VCU, they're big on winning. They're big on bringing out the crowd. They give out free snacks, you guys. They give out free tickets when the uh, opposing team misses two free throws. That's a lot of free snacks. So, but the, but the, the kickers and the squirrels—they've built these brands. That, like, just don't depend on the winning or or the, or yeah. that at all. Don't need it, and, and I don't they don't it, need it. Exactly. I don't think it bothers most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I go to a sporting event. I I want to see. I, I want to feel good about you know the home it team. It's a little or, worrisome. I don't, I don't even think most people know. I'm okay. I'm not going to say most. That was a stretch. But I will say that I don't think a lot of people even know that there are these teams. Well, like at a squirrels game, a lot of people don't know if they win or lose. They just yeah. leave. You know, they leave in the seventh <laughs> inning or unless it's fireworks <laughs> night. You're right. right. <laughs> Obviously. Right. Um, but I, you know, it's it's interesting because like when they win, mm-hmm. the, the town's excited. We're excited. We do a sports program. But that they've built brands that seem to not be affected by that. Doesn't make that a difference. too. Doesn't like make... I said, if, you, if you're not winning, <laughs> it's kind of hard to advertise as much. But I mean, at the same time, I think also it, it kind of plays into the advertising a little bit because VCU, like I said, you see them everywhere. Win, loss. I'm always thinking about VCU when I'm driving around Richmond area mm-hmm. city, and I can't say the same thing when I pass by the literal. <laughs> Flying Squirrel Stadium, like I passed by it, and I and for the longest I didn't even I didn't know it was so close. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the the kicker is too, like you know that's a little bit of an aberration because they did win the league last year. Yeah, you know, they were they were first place last year, and they a uh, uh, full disclosure they weren't playing their starting goalie, they weren't playing their their you know their best offensive player mm-hmm. uh, Terzaghi, that that league MVP. So you know there there could that have been hurt. there could have been other reasons, but you know. I'm, I'm a little saltier when I leave after a loss. The traffic takes a little bit longer. Uh, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't well, sit as well. I'm like, you're a sports guy. You know, like, I'm a sports, it, it, I'm a sports that, guy. And that's that's exactly thing. it. When mm-hmm. you care about yeah. it as much as you do, mm-hmm. it's hard. You like, Especially if you have any type of investment in that team and for whatever reason, yep. you're like, come on, I want to see you get the win. You know, so you, it's going to be in there. Richmond might also just be like an event town because you go to concerts and like people are just like hanging out, chatting, not watching yeah, the show totally. at all. Like it could just be a Richmond thing. I think so. <laughs> I think it's a Richmond thing. Like we're just a we're just a mellow vibe team. It's I mean, a mellow vibe area. It's just I, like you go out to Browns Island. Like people are just like having their picnic and chatting. There's like a band playing. Like mm-hmm. there's there's no no attention whatsoever. Right. I don't I don't meet too many competitive sports people out here. I think um, we get a lot of people that come from different cities and states and they bring in the more aggressive sports fans that we see. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> AWOD Radio at the top of the hour. Adam's in here. Adam, you want to weigh in on uh, on the topic here? Yeah, 
For sure. All right. I mean, I go to VCU basketball games to see the team win. Yes. That's that's the most important oh, thing for me. For sure. I'm so salty if I leave there and like... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's the most important thing for VCU. Squirrels games, you hit it. I mean, I don't know if it's a win or a loss. Uh, I love going to the games. Rarely do I stay for all nine innings. Kickers, I do. I'm a soccer fan at heart. So when I go to a kickers game, I want to see them win. I love the environment there. It's even better when they score. Yes. You, you know, soccer's one of the things you can watch 90 minutes, no goals. You're not cheering much. You know what I mean? But when you see them score, it, it, that's the part to cheer and really get into it. So winning does matter for me for the certain team, basically. That's how I would put it. No, that makes total sense. Like, I feel like the Nats are like in the middle of that for me. Like, if I go to a Nationals game, like, this is Major League Baseball. I'll be honest, I don't think I could name a single one of the Nets starting nine from, from this year. Like they're Trey Turner on the team? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Ryan Zimmerman. Right? Yeah. What about that Juan guy? He was pretty good for a while. Whatever happened to him? Like you know? it wouldn't make me not go to a Nets game, but I'll also be way more likely to go if they were in the playoff chase, if yeah. I knew they were good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I go to a commanders formerly known as the Redskins game. And they lose, I am depressed. That oh. walk home and that <laughs> yeah. drive home, Dude. I mean, it's it's terrible thoughts. <laughs> there know? are 17 of them. They all matter so much. So much. <laughs> like, the intensity level is just full. Like, you got full Philly on. fans riding you for wearing the Amelia logo, man. Like even wear the hat. They couldn't even wear the hat. I thought I was doing something good. I was like, I'm wearing green. What are they going to say to me? It was crazy. It was crazy. They, they sniffed it out, sniffed it out from a mile away. But they they put on a great show, and the kickers put on a great show, and the kids were happy, and they ran around. And I, we spent way too much on Chick Fil A. Um, <laughs> you know, all, all the important things you're supposed to do at, at a sporting event. What's your go to snack at a, at a sporting event? Hot dog. Hot dog. Uh, hot dog. I, yeah. think, I think that's probably what I've had the most. Um, when I went to Arizona one time, I had one of these fancy hot dogs. It was like they long. It was delicious. It had like the um, and all this like different type of stuff on there, but it was amazing. So hot dog for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite snack is a glizzy. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> They're just acceptable. hot dogs. Acceptable. <laughs> okay, okay, it's acceptable. <laughs> Unless it's a hundred thousand dollar glizzy, right? We're close enough, <laughs> Day One Radio. We'll count it. We'll allow it. All right, Darrell, Justice, thanks for dropping by. Adam's up next. Day One Radio. This is nine ten. The Fan Out one hundred five one FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 